You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 I'm here with a well-known advocate, hunter slash fire. What would you say, fire rescue, firefighter? Uh, firefighter EMT. That's badass, man. How long you been interested in that? Uh, started back in uh freshman of high school. You know, we had that service learning project, and I mean, I just picked the fire department ever since then. I've just grew and took my classes I needed to take and just step up, step up, and keep moving up in the fire department. So before we get into, you know, your amazing little life journey that you've had so far at the young age in your 20s, but uh, I'm here with Tyler Hall, who's a pretty interesting guy. He's one of my uh, close friends from high school. What I wanted to get into first, so I guess we might as well just knock out the firefighter thing. So you, that was a passion you picked up. Is there any reasoning behind that, like being a kid and just wanting to really chase down the physical aspect of um, like basically being a superhero? Because the, what they do is ever on a day-to-day basis is something a lot of people can't do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as a little kid, you know, I, I was pretty fascinated, you know, the fire trucks and all that. But, I mean, I grew up around it. My, my grandfather, you know, he was a uh, chief and a president, you know, my uncles and stuff there in the fire department. So I I grew up around it. Uh, so pretty much just like, yeah, let's, let's just try it out and see how it is. And, you know, it's, it's not what everyone really thinks. It's not, oh, we'll get on the fire truck and go, go into a fire and, you know, do all that. I mean, there's a lot of behind the scenes kind of stuff that goes on with training and fundraisers and pretty much just, it's just like another family is what the fire department really is. Well, yeah, you're in such a close group of guys, basically. And, you know, you when you start out like through high school and then spending these years with these people, you, you grow big relationships with every single one individually. Yeah, I mean. And you're trusting your life into their yeah person beside you arms it's it's oh, like yeah. it's the same thing when you go over to a military or something mm-hmm. and you're going into combat with these guys you're basically going into combat with Pretty these much. gentlemen yeah and the amount of training it takes the amount of concentration and like effort that a lot of people don't really realize they think that you know it's just some dude running into a fire and just having the strength to do that it takes smarts. You got to know how long you need to be in there. You need to know if there's, you need to know all your entrances and exits yep. when you come into the fire. First of all, knowing that if you go into this house, you might not have the same um, exit as your entrance was. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of split second decisions. It's life or death. But pretty much when we go up to any fire, we don't know what we're going to have. When you go up, you're going into a house you've never been into. So you're physically and mentally and everything got to be prepared, and you're literally going in blind. You can't see nothing to start off with, with the smoke and everything. But on top of that, it's a new environment. You don't know what to expect. You don't know the layout. I mean, it's... So you're in constant fear when you're in there, not just for the the dangerous fact of the fire, but also mm-hmm. what could go wrong, you know, if something could explode, and yep. just that fear. Do it. A lot of people don't think about that, though, when they Mm -hmm. enter into a fire. And as a firefighter, you got to think what's basically on their mind is who's in this house 
how many people are in here what's the easiest way to get out if I get stuck mm -hmm. that's like the first two things yep. but the, out of all the factors I mean it, it's the same thing when you're driving too and you got to realize that there's other people on the road your car could break down your car could do something like there's always something that can yep. go wrong and as a firefighter it, the strength it would probably take just to keep that out of your mind has got to be a little difficult of a challenge yeah it's, it's a little bit of a challenge but pretty much when we're on the way to a call you know, the adrenaline's rushing. The only thing we're thinking about is getting there, doing what we got to do, make sure everyone goes home safe. What's the first thing you do when you roll up onto a fire call? Uh, well, it all depends really on if it's your first due or if you're assisting another company and pretty much where you're sitting on the engine. So right now I'm, I'm with Shao. So if we would get a house fire right now, I would be on the first two engine out. We always go out with at least three to four. So you have the driver, which is going to be the guy pumping your car. You got your officer, which is going to tell you how to get there, tell the guys their assignment, and pretty much he's going to take command of the scene is what we, is what the term is. And what you're going to do when you take command is you're in charge of everybody. You, you can be in charge of four guys or 40 guys, and you all have to be on the same page. Um, usually we get there. As soon as we pull up, we're all paying attention. We decide, all right, well, we got to do this, this, and this. All right, well, if the door's uh, not open, we got to go. We got to force entry. And by the time I'm forcing entry, the other guy that was on the engine with me, he's already pulling the hose, I have the hose there. So as soon as it gets open, we're in there and we're attacking the fire aggressively. What's the best part about being in the fire department? Just the group of guys you get connected with or uh, the satisfaction of being able to help somebody that doesn't I gotta say probably for me it's probably just to step back and look and just the satisfaction of actually helping people um, and just seeing the reaction you know the smiles you know everything like that because um, well last night we actually did our Santa rides and the little boy Max that lives in here in Ocean Pines he's like five or six he has cancer or leukemia and so we did our Santa ride, so we stopped here first. You know, we all brought, um, we all got him a little gift and stuff like that, and we had Santa give it to him, and he was speechless. And it was just, just the, just like, it just, we all just stepped back and said, look, this is what we, this is why we do what we do. Not to go fight fire and all that, but just to do little things like this in the communities. To make somebody smile, mm -hmm. you know? It's, it's tough, especially, when somebody's house is burning down to, for them to it, when they're in the middle of this hysteria to you know be able to be comforted by the fact that they know that there's someone out there that is doing all they can possibly do and working as hard as they possibly yep. can just to make sure that everything everyone's safe they're okay everything's good and there's no more danger and it, it i mean those some, some fires can last hours man you're sitting there battling mm -hmm. it out you know fighting it you're you're fighting an element pretty that much. is meant that has been around longer than yeah. basically anything pretty that much it's like we, we we take it for granted let's say that it's it's helpful in a lot of ways and it's also very it's mostly yep, destructive it's, yeah it's mostly destructive on just anything i mean the fire anything fire touches it's it's going to be destroyed now have you talked to anybody or seen anybody physically really hurt from one of these fires i had not and that is a really good thing usually most of the fires we run 
everybody's out of the house. There's not really a lot of search and rescue like what you would like what would probably happen up in like New York or something like that or Baltimore closer to home up around there. Um, which I mean that's a really good thing. I mean I might rather show up to a house and everybody be out, you know, because one that's one less thing that we got to worry about searching for someone. So all we got to worry about is putting the fire out instead of having you know to put other firefighters at risk to go in and search for them. Um, because and, and, it's um, just but a major heads up like that's not belittling the fact just because you work a small town that you know, might not have as many fires or mm. as dangerous as fires as somewhere that's, you know, more yeah. heavily populated. That I mean, does it, not belittle. It can happen anywhere. Yeah, that does not belittle anything from mm-hmm. being a firefighter, no matter where you are, no matter mm-hmm. how many fires. I mean, in Aspen, Colorado, there's people that set their um, dumpsters on fire on accident because they don't know how to properly put out their fireplace. They throw all the ash mm-hmm. inside the dumpster and it lights the trash on yep. fire. So all they're really doing up there in this mountain area is just putting out dumpster fires. You know, that's got to get annoying, but at the same time, Something as small as that and as dumb as that. It can turn into something really large. Each one of them, it's like like you're having a chess match, man. You know, who makes Mm -hmm. the first move? Usually it's the fire, and then you got to decide, you know, what can I do to eliminate this without, you know, the least damage possible. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that's that's our motto. Don't destroy, recover, you know. I bet every single smoke alarm in your house is probably, like, up to date, right? Like, if you got fire extinguishers, probably in, like, every single room. Yeah. See, now, if you check a normal person's house, I guarantee you half of that stuff is not up to date. It's just a firefighter, you know, you just see all this stuff happening, so you just, like, look, I I can be prepared. I know what I got to do. Well, at the same time, it's like when I started uh, doing HVAC and started learning a little bit about what can go wrong, about, like, you know, I came home and first thing I did was check my AC unit. Yeah. Like, all right, let's see what I, you know, I learned some of this today. I actually know what this is. I'm not just staring at something and hitting it with a wrench. Like you start kind of figuring out. And then, you know, when something's not right, especially refrigeration wise, like if you know you open up the fridge, it's making a loud buzzing noise or something. And mm-hmm. all you got to do, maybe somebody just covered something up or something's too frosted over in one of your freezers. And then you got to fix that. It's the same thing. You probably came home doing your fire school and fire training and you were like you know i learned this today and you know we've been doing this wrong Mm -hmm. if you could tell anybody that was willing to just know a couple things on the basics of fire safety besides like the stuff they teach you in school i mean how effective are those fire alarm drills at school they don't seem like they're that effective they're really effective just last week ocean city elementary they had that roof fire everyone got out within a matter of a minute, minute and a half, everyone was safe. You know, it's it's always better to uh, be prepared and be ready than not know what you're doing when the problem does come up. They just seem like, I feel like that should be something we should put more time and effort into than just taking five minutes out of the day, like once every couple of months just to check up on. I think it's something that they should at least do a good hour of fire school training like you remember the dare program we had the yeah. the guy against drugs that definitely educated 
people more about drugs, but I felt yeah. like it was more like pushing them to do it because he listed yeah. all the things like, oh, it's nice. Hey, no, this yeah. is, you know, this is crack. If you try it, you know, you'll get super strength and also this could happen to you. It's yeah. like you're you're telling little kids this. They're going to hear the super strength part, not the... Not all the bad habits yeah, and all they that They stop stuff. listening They just look at the good that. side, yeah. They should definitely have um, fire, more fire... Uh, drills first of all yeah especially when it comes to the bus evacuation that's the worst thing you're in a car accident how many car accidents have you come across and you've had to use the jaws of life that giant machine that has to rip apart just to pull the person out of the car within the past six months i've been on four in the past six months has there been in the all the time you've known to be like into the fire program, have you come across any major accidents that have been like? I mean, I know Car Week down here. You got you have to see some stuff because uh, I see car accidents. I feel like every time, or you feel like that's more of a law enforcement type issue. Uh, not really. I mean, if it's a motor vehicle accident, it's a motor vehicle accident. We're getting dispatched. I mean, just like a fire. I mean, it's you just think fire department. We don't just run fires. It's you know. We run accidents and water rescues and all this other good stuff. Um, water rescue? Yeah, like um, I hear there's ponds or anything like that. Or, um, you know, someone goes out there swimming, can't swim, or goes out on the ice and falls down. You know, we, we train to do that. Do you have boats and stuff, too, that go yep. out? Yep, we got little, like, little aluminum john boats and stuff like that to go out in, like, these little creeks and stuff that we had just in case something happens. So what's the... Worst thing you've probably come across as a firefighter? Uh, like to the point where it kind of shook you up when you came home. Uh, it didn't have to be something that happened to you or something you heard about that just kind of stays on your mind sometimes. Probably. There's been a couple accidents, especially uh, with motorcycles. You know, it's, it's just you in the road. I mean, there's no airbags, no nothing. Yeah, that's what scares me when people go, like, um, freak out about wearing helmets and stuff. You know how perceptive people have to be when they're on those I'm motorcycles? Telling, yeah. You have to be helmets, aware of everything. Helmets to save your life. That dude last year that got hit, that hit the back of that truck and got split right in half in the mm -hmm. middle of the road. You know, people just saw that. It was like... Yep. Yeah, that, that happens because nobody's paying attention. There's yep. somebody that you always have to be alert. You should you always, always be, be worried. vigilant and looking around and worried and all that. Um now the helmets, they they are a big help to those motorcycle riders. Not not those little small like skull, skull caps that just sit on top. No, like an actual good helmet, because I've I've seen people with their heads busted open. I mean, you got to think. It's like, what's that bandana covering between you, your skull, and the road? There's nothing. You're you're going. You're down. hitting cement or gravel. It's like you want something protecting your head out of mm -hmm. all. I mean, you're going. 65, 70 miles an hour, and you hit something, that's just a sudden take-up. And I can tell you right now, nothing's going to give. <laughs> you going 70 miles an hour, running to the back of a truck, I know who's gonna, I know what's going to win that battle. That truck's going to win that battle, that, that especially truck. if it's a Ford. Nah. <laughs> what are you, a Dodge uh, fan? Nah, Chevy. Chevy? Uh -huh, Chevy. You should pop off saying Toyota or something. Nah, I know it's a little Yoda. Yeah, <laughs> little Yoda. But it's... The, the fact that people are so careless, I've interviewed a couple of bikers and, you know, this one woman in particular was talking about, like, I was asking her, I was like, I know some of these guys, like, they just weave in and out of cars mm -hmm. and stuff. And she goes, yeah, those people are assholes. I'm like, that does make sense. But there are people that feel like they are invincible when they get on a motorbike. Yep. I mean, 
mostly kids our age feel like they're invincible, especially when you see them come down here for when we have car week and you see all those little yep. fast little souped up cars. You see the little H2I cars and even during cruising week. You see all these young kids with their dad and grandparents, you know, their old 65 Chevy Chevelle or whatever, you know, just doing burnouts, acting all stupid. How scary is that for you if you have to go to a fire call and there's some person in front of you texting, not paying attention, or there's all these, like, all oh, this traffic where you can't get by? It's happened plenty of times. I mean, so we got the siren and air, air horn for and all that. I mean, you just got to go. I mean, there's people that... You know, the move over law and all that, they're supposed to get over and let us go. And they don't. Lights. Nope. They just, they don't, then they're not paying attention. We get on them, hit our air horn. I mean, it's just like they just think we're another car. I mean, and then when you go by, I mean, we've, we've been fucked off going past people going to a call. You know, if people, I was, the, if, if I was you guys, I'd be the cool ass fire department where I start flicking them off back. But you got to be respectful yeah, even we, in that I mean, situation. We got to be respectful. I mean, I mean you're yeah, show- yeah, look, I mean, we're going down the road. It has our name and everything on it. I mean, it's, it's a billboard. We're removing billboards. Whatever we do reflects back on us. And you're showing kind of like and what we're just our states. You're our state's fire department. You're representing. You're I not mean, just, we're, we're just representing our fire department. It's a moving billboard. Pretty much. I mean, we no one wants no bad rep at all. That's anybody. And I mean, how bad is our people towards you? Like when it comes to like you hear about all this stuff where everyone's always complaining. The cops suck. The cops are this. The cops are that. Is there anybody really uh, complaining about the fire department? I'm mean, like you're not. Not as- really. Really, the only time people really complain, you know, the house catching on fire. Why, why can't you get here sooner? Uh, why can't you do this? Why can't you save that? Why can't you do this? Well, yeah, I think we're not a career. We're not sitting around the firehouse, you know, like this career company. You can get out within a minute. I mean, we're a volunteer company. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I'll be at my girlfriend's house in West Station City, and we get a call, and I leave West Station City to go all the way back to Shaw. I mean, that's a 15, 20-minute ride. I mean, and that's that, got to suck when you're in the I middle mean, of, like, something like a family thing, and you got to get out of the house. Like, I need yep. to go right now. It's like dinner just came out of the oven. You're like, I'm sorry. Well, that's happens plenty of times. I mean, we're sitting there getting to eat dinner, 6, 7 o'clock. We get toned out. Boom, house fire. Boom, I don't get home. 11, 12 o'clock that night. Don't eat no dinner, you know, you're you're hungry and you're just you just go home, get a shower and you just pass out. It's it's an exa- it's it's exhausting. You don't really have a day off, do you? Not really between I mean, I work, you know, with the count Worcester County and the maintenance department and then on top of that, I do this on the side as a volunteer and I'm a second lieutenant right now. Come the new year I uh was voted in and I got elected as captain. So pretty much it's just I'm always, you know, figuring stuff out. People always come to me, hey, what should we do about this? Or, hey, this is broken on this piece of equipment. All right, we'll take it off, switch it off, you know. It's it's a never-ending job. You never stop learning. You never stop training. And it's just always everything's just constantly moving. It's It's a lot to balance. Does it ever scare you that one day you might come across something that might be your fault and it might change you? Because, I mean, you're pretty positive, and it seems like you're, I mean, I mean I, you've obviously been educated into the field of fire department, but it's like, at the same time, like, you see those guys that are older that have been through some stuff, like, imagine being a firefighter that had to go in on the 9-11 things, or like, a major yeah. national tragedy. Those uh, guys are messed up, like... They are, they are messed up, but what we do is, no matter how bad a call is, we all go back and joke around and just take the positives from it. The negatives, what we do, it's it's hard. Pretty much what we do, we lock them away. We try and lock them away, and that's the best thing we can do. I mean, we lock them away. We we BS and you know all this other stuff. You know, just laugh and enjoy, carry on. I mean, that's all we can do after a bad call. I mean, it's hard, 
I mean, we all we all know it's in the back of our heads, but we all try and forget it and just learn from it and just take the positives from it. I, I'll never forget. I saw on one of your uh, you put up a picture or something. I don't know if it was Instagram or Snapchat, and you put up a picture of a bonfire, and I was like. Tyler, you're doing the exact opposite of what we we are. You're here yeah, to protect us from the fire. The and funny you're thing is, though, like you want to sit down after a long day of dealing with fires just to build your own fire. Yeah, and it's it? it's pretty ironic. But the funny part is, me and four or five other people I know, you know, in the fire department stuff, you know, my age, a little, little older, little younger, you know, they're having a bonfire. We all go over and hang out and stuff like that. We can get seven of us when we can't start a bonfire. The little joke is, man, we're firefighters. We can put it out, but we can't start a fire. I guess it's just something. That's that's better than being able to start I mean, one and not put one out. I mean, I guess it's just, you know, I guess we're subconsciously so used to, you know, fighting fire, putting out that when we try to start one, you know, we're like, wait a minute. Our subconscious is like, no, you can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? It's that same thing. Um, I work at a hotel and it's like when you're cleaning up, like just cleaning up the room after someone just stayed there. If you see like they barely stayed in the room, didn't even use the bed. But your boss wants you to take like take the yeah. sheets off anyway. You're like, it's against everything in my nature to do this right now. It's like the same thing. Like once you touch a light bulb, once you know never to do that again. It's like trying to stick your hand right back over something that you know is going to yep. be hot. It's like it's you learn. It's that physical nature. Nah, yeah. they can't do that. Yep. It's it's weird. I mean, it's weird to think about it, but it's truth. <laughs> is there like any talents besides being able to climb a ladder faster? as a firefighter that you've noticed that helps you like just around the house because i mean i know when your mom's like i need you to go up on the roof and put up christmas lights you're up there like probably half yeah, a second I mean, up that ladder well, not really i mean you see all this stuff but i mean you just take that and just incorporate all of your training into your everyday life if you can i mean just because it's fire training don't mean you can't use it i mean the ladder ladder safety and all this other stuff you know um taking care of everything and um if we're cooking or something, you know, someone burns some food or something, we'll take like a box fan because we have the fans, you know, we'll stick it in. You you can stick it in the window facing out and it'll suck the smoke right out. I mean, that's what we use for ventilating the house. I mean, you can take a lot from the fire department and incorporate it into your actual everyday life in some way. I mean, you're going to have to tweak it and, you know, figure out how you can use it. But in, in the long run, you'll be able to figure a way out. I mean... Our ladders are no different than anyone else's. I mean, they're just straight. I mean, they're used for the same thing, climbing up uh, houses and trees and all this other stuff. That's probably the biggest pain in the ass is probably setting up, like, the hoses and stuff when you roll up to a job site. Uh, hoses aren't that bad because we pack them. Every time we get done with a fire or something, we pack them. You know, we, we have a saying, make it parade ready. Make it pretty like you're going through a parade because if it's packed good, it pulls good. So we you take care of your equipment. Your equipment take care of you. Yep, pretty much. We clean it, keep it clean, keep it packed, neat and organized. Keep everything organized and cleaned. I mean, that's the best part. Now I remember when I was uh, in still in school, they uh, put fire equipment on us to feel how heavy the actual gear is. They didn't put the full gear on, but they put the tank on. It's that is not light, man. It's heavy, man. I Trying mean, to move through a fire with that heavy equipment, that's got to yeah, be a challenge. You got to have itself. good stand stamina. And you just have to have endurance. I mean, you just got to keep going. Most of the time, your adrenaline's pumping, but I know, I mean, I'm about 2, 205. I just put on my bunker pants and jacket. That'll add, that'll put me at about 250, 260. Put the air pack on, I'm at about 290. I get a hook um, and a hose, pulling the hose through there. I mean, I'm three, 
320, easy. Then I'm done. I mean, you're adding another 150 some odd pounds to yourself. And you would think that we could make something, you know, instead of, you know, d delay time on the next smartphone and take maybe a couple minutes to actually think of a new suit that a firefighter or law enforcement can wear that could protect them from the dangers they're facing. Yeah, like a lighter it, kind of I mean, it would be nice to be lighter, but the way we look at it, it's not broken. Don't fix it. If it's still working, keep using it. It's, that equipment's you know, been around for a while. I mean, if all I'm worried about is when I'm going to that burden building, that my gear does the job it's supposed to. It's fire gear's not fireproof. It's fire resistant. Just yeah, you have a giant tank on your back too. You got to think if that thing explodes. Air, air tank, anything can happen. You get a small leak in your air tank or something like that. It's it's gonna shoot off like a rocket. I mean, it's an oxygen tank. That doesn't scare you putting that on your back. Nope. You just you gotta push that out of your mind and just think. If it happens, we'll cross the bridge when it happens. I mean that's that's the way we look at it. I mean we we don't worry about nothing happening to us. We're just worried about putting out the fire and looking out for each other. We put all of our fears away when we run into that house. Does it uh, ever give you a little bit of anxiety seeing um, like on TV or not just like in real time, like real life, but in a movie seeing a fire and then knowing like. You, just the thought of like you know that, that's, what's that guy dealing with is he thinking about that is he thinking about this that's the funny thing um, like all of us in the fire department you know some of the older you know movies you know like Backdraft and Ladder 49 and all this other stuff I mean you're, you're watching this you know you watch the 911 you know Chicago Fire and all this all these TV shows and movies and you know we're all watching and we're like that's not what you would do this is what you would do you know you can pick out what they're doing wrong in the TV you know they're they're projecting the wrong image, you know. But you're not you're not really like, you know, aggressive towards it, like just against it, like, oh the, I wouldn't have made that Detroit. You wouldn't have been like that, like that's the wrong thing, that's why that happened. You're more like I can see from both sides where in that situation they were rushing and trying to figure out and it's hard to come to a level mind mm -hmm. when you're at that situation. Yeah. You're making split second decisions. I mean, matter of seconds you gotta make a decision. You know, yes or no. Go or don't go, you know? And and once you make that decision, there don't don't second don't second guess it. Just go with it. So you're pretty set in the ways, just how everything runs now. You're not you're not willing to change anything in our fire department. Like if someone promoted you the head of the company, or not really company, but head of the department, and was like, hey, you know, what would you change? What would you add? What would you what would you add? What would you drop? There's nothing you would change. No, I mean, just keep doing what we're doing. I mean, what we're doing is we're doing it right. I mean, nothing's wrong. Definitely make sure that your guys are in good morale when you guys... Yeah, I mean, everyone's usually pretty good when we go to the firehouse, even after, like, a bad call. Um, you haven't come across any babies on the doorstep? No. <laughs> That's always a fear. That's... You get back from a call and there's just a baby sitting there. Whose baby's this? Yeah. Uh, no. Not worried about that, you know. But you probably get treats all the time from a lot of these older folk that live out here. Probably bring you some cookies or something around the holidays. Oh, bring you yeah. Something. It's like for Santa rides. You know, going around for Santa band. People make cookies for Santa and give us to the fire department. They give donations and everything. You ever just wear your jacket or something? I mean, besides the comfortability factor, but just kind of like to see if anybody like gives you a compliment or anything? Not really. I mean... It's because you're a good man. You yeah. don't have that fake honor like some people. I mean, do. yeah. I mean, when we wear our fire department stuff and our and our apparel, it's not to oh look, hey look, I'm a firefighter. Uh, 
you know, oh. Give me a high five. Yeah, uh, hey, yeah, you know, no. I mean, we just wear it, one, because it's comfortable and warm, but two, because, you know, who cares? I mean, we're just like anybody else, you know? That's a great way to think of it, man, seriously. Like, a lot of people would let that, all that go to their head, and then after they actually experience one little bit of fire thing, they're kind of out of it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's not for me. It's like, you really... And then they still it's go not around. not for the week. I will say that it's not you, for the You develop week. PTSD. That's, I mean, you can develop PTSD really doing anything, mm-hmm. but that's a major one, too, that a lot of people don't think about. They think when you, when I say PTSD, what's the first career that comes into your head? You know, the military, but. Exactly. War. It's it, not you just it that. Anywhere, it's, man. it's law Cops enforcement, it. fire yeah. department, paramedics, EMTs, I mean, nurses, doctors. I mean, anybody can have PTSD. I mean, you can get PTSD from brushing your teeth fearing that you're going to go too far in the back mm-hmm. of your throat and yeah, start it's, choking. Yeah, it's anything. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm 21 years old and there's calls that I've been on that I wish I could forget and I hope nobody sees what I've seen in their lifetime. Would you uh, influence your kid to be in the fire department at all? Would you set them up for that? If once I, When I have kids, yeah. If they want to be it, yeah, I'm not going to stop them. I feel like a lot of cops, like, um, when they have kids, either they're pro their kid being a law enforcement or, or they've seen so many things where they're like don't even think about it if you're a cop you know yeah. use your brain do something different it's like you're having you have an amazing job but i understand it's because you went through something yeah i mean really want- i mean at the end of the day when you're a parent you want the best for your kid but you also want them to be safe i mean law enforcement and fire department i mean they're the besides the military they're two of the most dangerous jobs out there i mean law enforcement, I mean, you get shot at, and fire departments run into burning buildings that can collapse on us at any time. I mean, but, I mean, if that's what your kid wants to do, don't stop them, you know? Don't don't stop Let their dreams. Let them go after their passion, Yeah, obviously. I mean, that's yeah. the worst thing to do is to, you know, crush a little kid's dreams. And that's a very few elite people that can handle that job. So it's like as many of those people as we can possibly get is the better. Yeah, especially if you, right now with the volunteer, um, it's got to be hurting a departments. Little bit. It's helps slacking down in the volunteer departments. You know, well, it's, it's just such a small click. Yeah, and and people look at it this way: Why am I just going to be a volunteer firefighter when I can go through the same school and then get a job making forty thousand a year starting off? You know, do it for free or do it for money. And do it for safety as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it it like I said, it takes an elite group of guys. And you know, I just want to say, you know, even though we're like yeah. we're friends, and anything I really say is like, all right, Robbie, I know what you really do, though. It's <laughs> yeah. like at the same time, I thank you for your service and just that hey. whole thing. I mean, just volunteering for that. Like, I'm not trying yeah, to man. belittle fire department here at all. If anything, oh, I respect no, I you guys a lot. I always give you guys the right of way, obviously, when I'm driving, oh, mostly yeah. because you're in this massive vehicle and I'm in my small little car. I'm like, if they honestly, one dude's pissed off enough, he needs to get somewhere. He's going to just push me out of his way. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's and I see I see the good parts about it, especially that siren. I feel like that's that would be the main reason, just trying to get through a red light. Like, all right, look, I'm gonna turn this on real quick, even though it's unethical. But well, really, fire trucks and emergency vehicles are really not legally allowed to run a red light. The only vehicle allowed to legally run a red light is a mail truck, a federal mail truck. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. You're, well, you got to think the government, though. Well, yeah, but I mean, legally, but, you know, no one's going to stop a fire truck. No one's going to stop an ambulance. I'm not going to stop a fire truck. You know, no one's going to stop a police car. You know what I mean? I get behind you. Yeah. I mean, everyone's like, I'm like, I'm with the fire truck. 
They're yeah. like, where, where are you going? I'm like, uh, got groceries in the car as well, man. I got, yeah, I get yeah. my ice cream home, but this guy's, you know, he's heading in my area. I set my house on fire so he can get me to my house faster. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of people complain about us and stuff, but at the end of the day. What do they complain about? Just, they just, Besides, you know, you didn't do something right or you didn't save this. They it's just like, don't think what? we do much, whether it's career or volunteer. They just think we just sit around, don't do much. You know, it's not the truth. What are you going to do? Have to you force a fire to happen? Yeah, it's not no. something it's that's It's a good like, thing when you don't have fires or accidents. It's a yeah, good thing. It's like, be happy that, you know, but, we're here if something does go wrong. But the thing is, though, if, some, if it was them or someone in their family... They would be the ones that want us there as fast as possible. They'll want the one, you know. They that's they're just, that's the same thing with um police officers. Yep, when they want us, you want to sit there and complain about them, but then when someone breaks into your house, house, you need somebody. You're gonna want them there first. You're gonna call them like, hey, you know, I, even though I've talked so much shit on you, I appreciate you taking the time to find my things. Yep, it's, like, it's it's the world you live in. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it, but. That's got to be something where even if has anybody ever given you crap at a store or just said something out loud that it's like really why would you say that it's like no not really I mean around here it's just everyone understands and respects us and stuff but I mean I you do see some videos you know on Facebook and stuff because I follow other uh, other fire departments you know around the, around the country and stuff you know just to follow follow them and just see what they do. I mean, you see then there'll be a career company. They'll go to Walmart or something and go buy groceries on shift, you know, for the firehouse. You know, you have different shifts. You have A, B, C, D, whatever shifts, you know. They go buy it for the week for the whole department for the shifts, you know, so they have breakfast and all that. And people complain, why, hey, why, why are you here buying groceries and not, you know, fighting a fire? Well, there's no fire. There's no accident. Sorry I have to live a life. We're getting this for the department so we can eat and everyone else can eat tonight. And they're like, well, what happens if you have a call? You're not going to go. You can't go. We're like, that's why we have our pagers and our radios. We get a call. We're dropping everything and going. I mean, plain and simple. Man. I mean, I've been in Walmart checkout and gotten turned out for a call. You're paying for groceries, pull out your wallet, and next thing you know, you got a call, and it's like. Yeah. That's you know. ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, but all right, here. Swipe it for whatever I got and just run. Do you have to go to the call with your groceries in the car? Yeah, if it happens, it happens. (laughs) Dude, if I got something like, you know, ice cream in my car, it's getting home first. I'm sorry. I guess that's why I can't be a fire department, but... It is what it is. The way I look at it, oh, well, if it melts, freezer refreeze it, and if not... You're going to a fire. The last thing I want to bring is my ice cream. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, but I, I definitely wanted to thank you a little bit on that. Now, getting into the whole aspect of being a hunter... Oh, that's a How whole different story. How far down this rabbit hole do you want to go? Because we understand your influence for being a fire department comes from childhood. You know, just wanting to be, you know, influenced yeah. by your family and all that. It's something they did and you saw that as something cool. Now, what about hunting? Is that an influence as well? Do you have anybody that brought you mm-hmm. on your first hunting trip when you were little? And Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, pretty much my dad, everyone on my dad's side, you know, my uncles, my grandfather and all that. Since I got old enough, you know, I was six years old, I think, when I got my first BB gun. You know, just starting off young, just gun safety. Shooting squirrels in the backyard. Yeah, I mean, pretty much shooting cans, whatever. You know, go get my hunter safety when I was like eight or nine. And ever since then, you know, just just work up, work up, work up. I mean, 
How many hunts do you think you've been on? I've been hunting since I was eight, so. <laughs> so if you averaged how many hunts a year? Hmm, that's a hard one. Pretty much, I mean. You've once, been on a lot. Yeah, because I mean, whitetail deer archery season opens in September. You know, and you have pretty much from September to like January, beginning of March for you know hunting for like deer ducks geese and then in april and may you got turkey so i mean you got pretty much half a year of hunting the reason why i asked you was because i mean i know you're a hunter but there are some people out there that go on one hunt then buy a camo jacket and start walking around saying oh yeah I hunt and go the whole redneck personality type yeah. deal it's like that's okay well what do you know the seasons do you know all that and then they're like uh you know this you know i did mm -hmm. this you know i shot a deer one time it's like no man you can't just start talking with an accent after you've been hunting no, it's not I mean, something that it's not that just the fact of going hunting i mean what we do we, when we we hunt and we hunt not just to hunt for fun but we hunt for the meat and everything like that so we can have you know food to eat in the winter so it cuts down on grocery bills What's the best thing you've hunted that you've eaten? Probably white-tailed deer. It's, it's real lean. It's, you know, it's a dark red meat like beef, but it's real lean. It doesn't have much fat, so it's healthier than beef. Now, this question I'm about to ask you is about to lead to another question right after it. Yeah, that's fine. Fire away. The deer you hunt, mm -hmm. you make deer jerky? Yeah. Deer steaks? Deer steaks, deer jerky, deer sausage, deer, How bo deer bologna. How much do I have to pay you? To send you on a trip or get some deer meat off of you because I eat deer meat like it's nobody's business and I don't have any like hunting friends that I can contact easily that have a good amount of it for me to get. Um, anytime you want. I mean, pretty much. Are you serious? Like, yeah, I mean, just shoot me. I'll, I'll shoot you a text when I shoot another deer and we start getting meat. <laughs> Next time you get deer meat. Please shoot me like a text. I don't I'll, care what time of day it is. If it's two in the morning, I will I will come to your house and I will pick up the deer meat. You don't have to do a single thing. <laughs> oh, I will. Don't trust me. I will because I mean it's me, my dad, and my brother hunting. You know, and me and my brother, I mean, my dad eat it some, but me and my brother are the one that mostly eats it. So you know, if me and my dad and my brother each, you know, shoot. you make your own deer jerky. Well, actually, we send it all off to hawkers. Dude, if you get me some deer jerky, I will love you forever. I already do, but it's like, <laughs> oh yeah. At the same time, it's like, oh man, that's the one thing. It's like, because I mean, I'm not, I'm not the whole hunting type. You know, I've oh, never yeah. been hunting. It's something I, I have to ask you. Would you ever take me on a hunting trip? I mean, if you got your hunting license, yeah. You just got to do it legally. No, obviously, we're not going to go out there <laughs> secret, secret style. Have me like, all right, look. If you shoot anything, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I shot it, so we're good. No, nothing like that, but. You know, that's something I definitely want to do, man. I I try to get into shooting guns. You know, I like, I understand the whole aspect of shooting guns. Like, you're holding a weapon that can actually potentially mm -hmm. hurt you or hurt somebody else. And at the same time, it's like a fire. Something can go wrong. Yeah, anything can go wrong. Um, especially if it's not clean properly and all that. But at the same time, it's like, I'm, I'm pro, I'm pro hunting for sure. I'm pro gun. I'm pro all that. I'm pro, I think people should definitely have the right to protect themselves and this is going to go down a couple other questions in a different rabbit hole, but, you know, when it comes to the amount, like, you're hunting not for sport, you're hunting for fun, but you're also for hunting for fun, food. meat, You're getting something out of it. The memories, I mean. I mean, you're, you're yeah, that's a close relationship, I mean, I mean bond I that you I remember created with your my, family. I remember my very first year, 
that I shot, I shot with my grandfather out of his oldest stand. You know, I, I remember that. I remember my very first, you know, goose hunt, you know, and all this stuff. I mean, I remember when I did, didn't have my license, my dad would go goose hunting, you know, with, you know, my uncle and all that. He would bring me along. I had my BB gun, you know. We were sitting in the blind, you know, you brush it up and, you know, you see these little blackbirds and stuff. You know, I would, I would shoot them while they're shooting the geese. I mean, it's just... It's not all about actually going out and, you know, yeah, it's great when you actually go out and you kill something and get something, you know, for the food and stuff like that. But you can, I mean, sit around, you know, sit in the deer stand and you can just talk and BS and just have a good time. If you don't see nothing, so what? You had a good time, you know? You have to admit that, you know, going all the way out there, lugging out all this stuff and taking all this time, you know, getting dirty, especially if it's in like bad weather type mm-hmm. conditions, you're getting soaked, you know, well, mud all over like you. That's got to suck if you don't catch anything. Well, it's just like last Saturday when it was pouring rain here. Me and my dad and another boy um, that I work with, I mean, we went duck hunting, pouring rain, just getting soaking wet. But, you know, we actually ended up getting something, so. You said there was some benefit out of there. I mean, yeah. a lot of times, a lot of people underestimate how many hunts you actually go out on and catch something. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not like every single hunt you're going to catch something. It doesn't. That never really happens. It's no, you, every you go out there in the hope of getting something, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, can't force it either. There was a time, you know, I went four years without killing a deer. I mean, just didn't see anything. I mean, it happens. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. Does that camo really work? Yeah. It actually kind of blends in. Is that because they can't see, like, a certain... Well, with white-tailed deer, they really look off of movement. And But the thing is, though, they can't see color. They see, like, a UV light. You know, like, you take, like, a black light, and it's, you know, your clothes glow, have, like, a glow to them, like, a UV. That's what they see. Um, but really, the deer go off of their hearing and their smell. Now, turkeys and... You have to spray yourself down. There yeah, right. scent control and stuff like that. I mean, you don't know. I mean, you could be hunting deer come out 100 yards from you or can come one yard from you out of the woods. I mean, you just never know. It's probably best not to eat a bean burrito from, like, Taco Bell when you're going yeah. out there. Yeah, <laughs> not a good idea. If you rip it up out there, a deer's going to know. Like, mm-hmm. There's somebody shitting in the bushes over here. Yeah, I mean, it, it happens, but, I mean... Yeah, and that's you also just got to play the wind, you know. If I'm hunting, you know. See, that's where I think I'd fall out of hunting because I, I, I let them rip sometimes, man. It's, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, hey, man, shit happens. You just got to do what you got to do. Literally, shit happens. Oh, yeah, I know. But, um. Does that answer the question? Does a bear shit in the woods? Yeah. Does? Yeah. Thought so. <laughs> a lot of people didn't know that. It's like a little riddle on a Laffy Taffy. Does a bear shit in the woods? But I, what's the. I know you say white-tailed deer. Anything else specific? Turkeys? Turkeys, Canadian geese, snow geese, ducks in general. You know, your mallards, your wood ducks, your redheads, your canvas backs, everything else. Yeah. Are you pretty educated on every single one? Pretty much. Do you Did you just pick that up from learning, from watching, or yeah, I mean, experience, or is that something experience, from a book? Just experience, watching the hunting channel, and just, that's, you know, going hunting. I mean, really. You know what always amazes me is when you see somebody like who golfs and watches golf. I can't watch golf, but I realize that's somebody else's hobby and passion that they can get interested in. It's mm-hmm. the same kind of thing with hunting. I try and get involved in it. I think everybody's more obsessed. Like hunting shows aren't really that popular yeah. just because they see it and they go, look at this guy. He went all the way out there and didn't catch anything. It's like, 
okay, you're not going to catch, you know, everything every single time, but they have to make the show interesting as well mm-hmm. and, you know, try and make it suspenseful. Oh, we're about to get this. Oh, we missed. I mean, you know? that's why it's caught in hunting, not killing. I mean, it's just like fishing. That's it's why a it's such a fishing, not, ca- not catching. I mean, it's a such a primal thing, too, man. Yeah, I mean, it hunting goes, and gathering has been around since. I mean, since it goes back to the furthest and oldest roots of time. I mean, being a hunter or a gatherer. Did you know in actually 1859, it was an English settler that brought over 10 rabbits. He introduced 10 rabbits to Australia. And by the 1920s, there was over 10 billion. Mm-hmm. So That's, that populated that the whole... That shows you how much a population can grow under the right conditions. Yeah, so a lot of people don't understand the benefits of hunting, too, when it comes to mm-hmm. controlling populations. Like, you get all... How much do those vegans or vegetarians piss you off, dude? They would piss me off pretty bad, especially with how they protest and try yeah, and get all this stuff hunting, banned. You know, why, why are you killing this little little rabbit and all this? I'm like, well, first off, that can be my dinner. Second off, trying to control the population. You know, you don't want millions and millions of rabbits. You know, you got to control the population. You know, it's just just like with anything else, any other wildlife game. I mean. There's set limits that you can kill or can get per day so you can control the population correctly. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have vegan friends and I have vegetarian friends. Oh, yeah. I mean, I do too. But But at the same time, it's like the one thing I don't really like about vegans is they won't stop telling you they're vegan. Mm -hmm. It's like my buddy is a very good guy, like, you know, and he does not push himself onto anybody about his veganism. Yep. But then that. you get other ones, you know, you get like, those oh, other look, ones, hey, I'm like, vegan. Hey, do it, do it, do it's it. Like, it's great. I, you know, I check your Instagram. About eight months ago, you had a cheeseburger from Applebee's. It's like, yeah, it's how long you been vegan? Well, when I, uh, two months after that, I actually uh, did this change and I've noticed a complete difference. It's like, okay, so you're not eating the fast food anymore. But at the same time, it's like, you know, meat is good. The body needs. You gotta have your meat because your red meat's got has you your iron live, for you your can't blood. Live and off stuff. beans. There's so many studies that. That's why I want to get him on the podcast. Is I want him to explain to me about the whole vegan side. Like, yeah. There's no way your body's gonna be able to last like that forever. Just there's no proper nutrients. In you don't get protein just off plants. I mean, your protein's coming from your meat, pretty much. You know? Yeah. You unless he's supplementing with something else, like a, some type of powder or something. I mean, that's the only way, really. If you're just eating lettuce, lettuce and salads and all this, you're not getting no protein. You know. You're not. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I am a clean eater, but I always like chicken, and it's a salad. But you know, not yeah, like French I, fries or anything. Oh no, I mean, this is like me. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. I like a good greasy cheeseburger, but I mean, I can, you know, when I whenever I get a salad, I mean, it's not just gonna be vegetables. You know, I'm gonna have some grilled chicken or something in it. You know, some type of meat or something. A lot of people argue the fact that hunting should be uh, is not really. I mean, it's not necessary anymore. Like we don't need it to survive. Like mm-hmm. hunting doesn't need to be like a type of thing. Like you have to go out and get this food, or we're not gonna have food. We yeah. have, you know, I mean, companies you got the grocery that, stores and stuff I, like that. I believe it's um, a lot better than having you know your. Getting like if I was able to get meat from you whenever you hunted, like you did that as a career, like went out there mm-hmm. and you people paid you to go hunting and like send you all these trips and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, I would I mean, definitely want my meat knowing it came from just like you killed it yeah, and got it because 
It, it definitely is. A, it's, it's not going it, through all the processing, yeah, and chemicals. They and put all that so stuff. many GMOs in the foods and yep. grocery stores today. It's a lot. I mean, well, I mean, our definitely health in the economy and all that has definitely. I, mean, I wouldn't say the economy, but like just the culture and everybody around here is kind of it's 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 downpouring in the world just mm-hmm. because there are so many things you know health risks. Yep. You know they got to put a warning if if you have to put a warning on a package of meat that says you know could contain this could contain that and you start reading the ingredients yeah i mean it's why like would when does it come down it? to the basic meats yeah i mean, I mean you got to think back in the day when hunting was originally established there were people when they were eating the rabbit or whatever they were cooking they'd be sitting at the dinner table biting into something like a steak or something like chicken and they spit out some lead that's mm-hmm. in there because they hunted and killed that. Even though that's not good health benefits wise, it's at the same time, mm-hmm. you at least you know it came from you. Yeah. That's got to be a great feeling sitting down after a long hunt and having this animal in front of you that you killed and you get to eat. That's got to be such oh, a yeah. sense of accomplishment. I mean, me personally, I'd much rather eat something that I killed than go to the store. Not just because, I mean, yeah, it's cheaper, but... I mean, there's nothing better, you know, you go out, you get a nice deer, you, you hang it up, you skin it, and you take, you know, the tenderloin or whatever, literally off of it, and slice it and fry it up, but then, so you just take it off, the deer off the, pretty much off the bone, slice it, and on the pan, it can be five minutes. I mean, you can't get no fresher than that. I mean, it's, it's the best. It's like cooking up a Hot Pocket, man. It's like, it's yeah. hot and ready. Even though Hot, hot Pocket's ready, not really man. fresh, but. Hey. Hey, don't get me wrong. I, I can tear up some Hot Pockets. Dude, yeah, pizza for sure. Oh, the pizza ones, the ham and cheese. Philly cheesesteak, dog. Philly cheesesteak. Nah, we're right, talking. <laughs> now we're talking about processed foods too much. Now, but like it for sure, like just veg, uh, vegans and all that, they just, they want to tell you they're vegan and they want you to change your lifestyle to eat mm-hmm. like that. And it's not even the real vegans. It's the fake ones. The ones yeah, that. The one that changed like six months ago. Yeah, it's not. Not the ones that have been vegan pretty much, you know. Five six years. Just you know? because the art of hunting is not necessary really anymore, it's still a fun hobby. Yeah, and it's I also mean, like you're not you're not a, wasting it's, it's anything. A sport. Now, how bad does it piss you off when you see somebody who's hunting and then doing everything illegal and wrong? That kind of just downplays it, the whole. Sport? It pisses me off. I mean, I'm out here doing everything legally, busting my ass off, you know, doing everything I can, and you're coming here middle of the goddamn night shooting seven deer out of the field. It's not even your property either. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's my property, to, you know, property or not. I mean, you're coming out here, you're spotlighting, they're hunting illegally or doing whatever. No, I meant like for them going out onto someone else's property. That happens around here too. My buddy had like three different deer that were just found dead on his property. Like he thought they were animal attacks, but no, then he started looking closely and there were bullets in them. Mm-hmm. Somebody came onto his property, shot the deer and didn't even have the courtesy to pick it up and take the meat and make something out of it. He yep. just killed them and left them yep, there. Yep, that's what they'll do. You got to think that that animal could suffer too, man. Because your job being a hunter, not only if not, you have being passionate is... You, you, you don't want to wound them. You want an ethical, kill. clean, quick kill. Now, that's the basics probably in anything if you're going to learn. You know, you want to ethically do something right. Yes. Especially because you don't want that animal to be in pain unless you're some heartless guy. The worst part, the worst feeling, you know, when you're deer hunting, yeah, you're going to shoot a deer and... And it can move and it can accidentally Sometimes Sometimes they're going to fall right there and be done. You know, that's great. But other times, I mean, I've tracked a deer for three miles. Do you feel bad when you're tracking it? I feel, when, when I start tracking, you know, and you start tracking, I mean, just... Earlier this year, my brother shot a deer, and I, we we tracked it for a good two, two and a half miles. We tracked it for three, four hours. I mean, 
never found it. And, you know, after we tracked it, I mean, you're tracking it that long, you're like, well, if we haven't found it yet, I mean, I don't think we're going to find it. I mean, you probably just put a bad shot on it. I mean, yeah, we don't want it to suffer, but on the other hand, you got to think too, well, you know, if he runs off another mile and a half and dies, we don't find it, you're just giving back to the nature. You know, the foxes and stuff will eat it, but, like, there's a right. There's a right way to leave. You don't it even. It's wrong. just people that shoot them and don't make an attempt to find them is the problem. Yeah. You know they don't shoot them. They don't fire there. Some the one that are just out there for the, just the kill. The enjoyment, just for the kill. Yeah. You know, trophy hunting. A lot of people see as bad. It's actually beneficial because, um, in Namibia, I think that's how you pronounce it. Probably butchering that, but yeah. um, a, a lot of where like African game hunting is. Uh, what they do is like people pay like insane amount of money to hunt like a rhino or something, and a yeah. lot of people are like, "Aren't those animals endangered?" No, because what they like the government they're, and everybody they're likes bringing that. them in to hunt them, but then when they kill them, they give the meat to the villagers and they get to keep the trophy. Not only that, too, they're also using that money to breed more rhinos. Yeah. So if there's a population or something, if somebody comes in, nope. I'll give you a million dollars to hunt this. Okay, we're going to use this million dollars to put into further breeding of these every yep. year. And then, yeah, it does become selective kind of breeding where they're just breeding them for game hunts. But it's also keeping that animal alive. Yeah, it's keeping that species alive. It's there's, giving the there's villagers good and bad there. Parts yeah, too. I mean, there's there's good and bad to everything. I mean, it really is. I mean, cake's good, but it's also not very good for you. Yeah, but that's with anything. If it's good, it's not good for you. Yeah. I, it's it just it uh, for me when it comes to hunting just because I'm not that's not something I have the accessibility to yeah just when it comes to you know I don't own any guns I don't you know they say when you bring a gun in the house it, it increases your 80 it increases what the accidents of a gun going off by 80 percent chance it's like okay that's like building a pool in your backyard and then now you you're 80 percent chance of drowning like you have a bigger chance of drowning uh obviously but i'm not going to go out there and jump in and you know do that yeah. you know it's all about gun safety all my guns we have two gun safes in the house one in my dad's room and his closet one in my room all the guns are cleaned all the ammunition's locked in the gun safe, and the guns are locked in the gun safe. So the only time they come out is when we're getting ready to go hunt. So we'll get them out the night before, you know, get them out, see if they need to be cleaned up this a little bit, and then when we're done hunting, they go back in there. My biggest fear is having um, a gun in the house and then not somebody using it, but like if somebody hurting themselves with it or snapping. You don't know, man. Like you can have my yeah. buddy, my buddy, I'm, um, you know, his, his mom, like we were, I was very close with and it was, it, it was a, it was a rough thing, but she wasn't in the right mental situation. And, you know, he, she got her gun and shot herself and mm -hmm. it was something, you know, it was, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. And it's just the fact like there should be checks on you know, mental status and everything. Yeah, when you do own um, a gun. With, but at the with same the guns, time, they should go further into. You should the do at least checks. a routine check every now and again. Like, yeah, it's. I know it's hard to control every single gun out there. It's impossible. But you know, the right way is not eliminating the factor of guns. No. It's. It, it. That's not. That's not the right you thing just at all. Take, you're trying to take our guns away, and criminals are always going to get guns. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. You're taking guns away from good people to protect protect themselves, but. 
criminals, they're going to get the guns no matter what. They don't care about the law. That's why they're criminals. Everyone has the right to arm themselves. It's too. the Second Amendment. Yeah. Our founding fathers wrote it in there. The, the right, right to, to bear, bear arms. arms. Yeah. You Jinx. Know. Yeah. <laughs> the right to bear arms. That does not mean and grizzly bear arms. That means guns. The right to bear arms and the Constitution wasn't just the right to bear arms to protect ourselves. It's to allow the citizens to have guns just in case something would happen and you would need them, a militia or something like that. That's why the it's right from to bear arms. From a government arm, uprising. Yeah. That's exactly what it's for. It's made to where the government has an AR-15. We can have an AR-15. So if they're so if we go up against the government, it's an even, it's an equal fight. That was a big thing they tried making illegal AR-15s. Isn't there a certain style now that you can't have? You can have them. It's just different states have different laws. And then you can be um, grandfathered in. If you already had it, you know you're grandfathered in and stuff like that. But it's just like it can't have a certain size barrel. You know, it has to be a certain weight. It has to, you know. You're not going to have no fully automatic weapons. It's the primal fact of not hunting, but the fact that we're always, we're so obsessed with war, dude. Mm -hmm. You got to think, we're creating more guns. Do we really need any more guns? I'm pretty sure there's enough guns out in the world, but the newer stuff keeps coming out. We still keep manufacturing thousands of them. There's enough guns out in the world right now. I think I saw this a year or two ago. There's enough guns out in the world. That if you divide them evenly, every person will have about 15 guns. And we're still making them, dude. It's the same thing with porn. Who's jacked off to every single porn video out there? I mean, and they're still making it. Like I It's mean, like it's, it's, it's something that's never going to die out. I mean, it's good. I mean, new, new technology comes out every year for the guns. You know, make them lighter, more accurate. You know what I mean? It's, safer, too. Yeah, safer. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line, safety. I mean... I think everyone should know how to shoot a gun. If you, even if you don't want to own one, if you don't want to own one, it's a good you, it's you, a good thing to have and to know how to do. Just in case, you know, you, you don't know. You, you can be you can come over to my house and we can you know be playing Xbox or something. Some guy you know can you know break in the house and shoot me, and you know I have my gun you know whatever you know out for self defense or whatever, and you might have to use it. I mean, it's a good thing for everyone to know just for safety and self defense. Dude, I remember playing Call of Duty. And shooting, you know, this gun's all littered through video games. Violence, blood. It is. Know. I mean... That's a, that's a giant thing for propaganda when it comes to the fact of people joining our military, too. They think it's going to be just like Call of Duty. It's nothing like that. No, it's not. But at the same time, when you are shooting a gun in a game, and then I remember I was like, damn, I want to shoot a gun real bad. Yeah, I actually shot a gun for the first time. And, you know, I was interested in it. But at the same time, I understand now when I even play the games that have, like you know first person like shooters like that now when i play them i understand like you know that's guns i think of stuff like that gun's probably heavy even though it's just a guy in a video game it's like at the same time it's like i understand how dangerous the weapon actually is i mean it's it's a lethal weapon it's i mean it, it can kill you i mean that's the bottom line with any any gun i mean it's 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 pretty much a gun's purpose is to kill it it yeah it's to effectively eliminate a target but to make it easier on people to understand is, yeah, okay, kill, kill, kill. But everyone... No, it's yeah. protection. Everyone should at least handle a firearm once in their life, especially when it comes to people that are so against it and they've never fired off a gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to understand, if I gave that person a gun and that person was like, I'm not going to shoot my family, obviously, 
okay, that's the same way yeah, the other guys I mean, think it too. I mean, Just because you're saying that, oh, it increases the gun violence in the home. If I give you this gun, are you going to shoot your family? No. Okay, then. It's 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 the same yeah. thing with somebody else's thinking. There's just an elite group of people that get flashed on the news that have a mental breakdown or something, and next thing it's, you know, everyone's against guns. It's the That's very not what little, it should be. And the, it's, it's the very small population with anything. It takes a few to ruin it for everybody. What's your favorite gun if you had to choose one? Oh, Probably, if I could choose and have one, it would probably be a 6.5 Creedmoor. Have you ever shot one? Yeah. I know people have them. And now, if them. you could pick a gun that was ridiculous that you'd want, that you didn't, you don't have to shoot it, but you saw something in like a video game, that would be pretty sick. Probably the Barrett 50 Cal. Oh, dude, that's a Modern Warfare 2 gun, isn't it? Modern Warfare 2, 3. <laughs> That's that educates so many people on guns too, man. That's your gun training yeah, you, right you, there. You, you got to think too. I mean, most of the guns in the video games are actual guns, you know. Like Dude, the executioner was the, the ACR, you know, stuff like that. You know, the M4, M16, you know, all that stuff. I mean, they're actual real guns. The executioner would be mine. Yeah. My buddy had one. It was a it was a judge, is what they called. Yeah, it. it's it's called a judge. It shoots <laughs> a four ten. Shoots like a shotgun. Yeah, it, shell shoot, it shoots a four ten shell. Pistol. Yeah, and a pistol revolver. Yeah, that's just the fact of like you know you don't even need to load that thing with bullets. Just carrying that around, nobody's really gonna be like, all right, yeah, that's that's badass. It's like when you see the giant state troopers with the giant magnum on the side. It's like that's that's so like uh, you don't really I'm need that. This, yeah, I mean it's, it's when you watch The Walking Dead and you see Rick pull out his gun and you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's you're like, like that's 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 the gun. Oh yeah. It'll be that's what, that's what, that's the thing though. I mean, they look cool, but they have a purpose. Yeah, and it, it's not really like it's not really good to keep around just because you know how how big that thing is trying to pull that out of the holster. You know how long that would take. Oh yeah, it's it's crazy. It's uh, what's so before we skipped off the whole hunting factor, but what's the most dangerous animal that you've probably hunted? Around here, there's really no dangerous animals. You've never got ran into like a coyote or something. Coyote, the coyotes and foxes—they're mm. going to run away from you before they do anything. They're—they're they're more well, scared of you than you are of them. It's actually with coyotes. Um, they leave, and then if you wait probably like forty-five minutes or close to an hour, they'll come back with the group. Like if it's just you. Yeah, but I mean, did you know they do that in um, in uh, like anywhere like if you run across a coyote and you're with your dog and your dog starts playing with the coyote there's people that were taking videos of the their dogs playing with the coyote for 30 minutes you know playing around then the coyote would leave and these people were just on a mountain walk a group of coyotes will come up it actually happened um mm -hmm. i forgot where if it was arkansas or somewhere colorado somewhere out yeah. in the mountains um this woman got her dog killed because she thought she was taking a video saying, yeah, well, my dog's playing with the coyote. You know, they're not as bad. The coyote left and brought back a group. Yeah. What they do is they an, test their testing the animal. Yeah, it's an outside um, animal. I mean, this is, that's their pack's territory. Territory, I mean, and this dog, I mean, he's not part of the pack, so he's an enemy. That's pretty much how they see it. And they're looking for food, too, man. They've been out there for a while, and then I mean, they're probably not getting anything. a whole lot. Yeah, oh, no, they eat anything. They can see, I always took for granted, I think I went on one hunting trip, uh, you know, and my buddy was hunting, like, raccoons and stuff. And, you know, I remember just the, the power I thought I had with that gun, but realizing, like, I can't see anything 
if I go out there and it's like at the same time, I think I got, there's temporary hunting license, right? Uh, I thought I got something that you can shoot that you didn't need a license for. I don't know. I don't know if that was, you know, I know now I don't, I don't think there is. I think it's a yearly thing. You buy it for a year, but I, I don't know. I, 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 I really don't know because I mean I've been hunting since I've been eight, so pretty much I've been buying a full hunt. Well, if it was illegal, then I didn't know at the time, so I apologize for that. Yeah, but oh well. I remember chasing after a raccoon with this like I forgot what type of shotgun it was. It was it, it was like the it something it, I, I I couldn't tell you. It, I don't think it was an over and under. It was something like you don't use for hunting at all. You know what an over and under is? Over and under, side by side, and stuff was, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. I think I'm saying that right, but I ran after this raccoon because I saw it and I was chasing after it and I went completely into the dark and I'm like, there's other things out here. I'm out in, I mean, I'm in Snow Hill at the time, like near the vocational yeah, school I mean, and I'm like, I just ran out in the complete darkness. My buddy can't see me. Nobody knows it, like exactly my location. You know, what? something just came across and got me. I mean, that's. Especially a, a, a group of raccoons. Next thing you know, I don't want to be sitting in the news or sitting on the news. And this guy died by a, a swarm of raccoons. You know how embarrassing that would be? You know, I mean, just the fact of rabies, too. I mean, you just got to think. I mean, yeah, a raccoon's not going to turn around and attack a human. But that's with anything. You corner it, it's, 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 it's going to fight. I mean, it's the fight or flight. I mean, you get backed up into a corner, are you going to fight or no? I mean, yeah, I mean. I was just obsessed with the idea of chasing after something, that thrill, that adrenaline mm -hmm. rush you get, which is what a lot of hunters go for. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I guarantee you if I would have caught up to that raccoon, I didn't, I didn't actually catch it, but it's like if I would have got up there and got up to it, and I wouldn't have probably the balls to even pull the trigger on it. I'm just, I, I do love animals a little too much, but I don't, I wouldn't stop anybody from hunting. Especially when it comes to the meat, I understand that's something that we got to eat too. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm not going to be against that, especially if you're hunting not for just the thrill of the hunt, yeah. but hunting for the fact of actually using and benefiting from its resources and everything. That's 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 there's nothing wrong with that in my mind, and I definitely believe some people are a little bit self, you know, you know, independent when it comes to that. Yeah. Just the fact of like they're they're thinking like oh you're just killing an animal because you like to kill animals no they're killing an animal to either bring back food for their family or you know for the thrill of the actual sport and then also benefiting from the meal that you get to bring home and cook up yourself yeah how bad does it anger you when you see a dead deer on the side of the road and that's a waste of meat. I don't even hunt and I see a dead deer on the side of the road I'm like that's a freaking waste of meat man I mean it is what it is I mean it's it's nature. I mean, it's the circle of life. Like I said, yeah, it keeps the population down, too. I mean, it's a circle of life. I mean, deer get hit by a car. I mean, it's just circle of life, man. It, it happens. I mean, there's nothing you can do to control it. I mean. Animals kill other animals. We're, we're animals. We, we kill other mm -hmm. animals. We, we kill I each mean, other, too. Yeah, I mean, just. Especially when it comes to government, and you got to realize, like, you know, you see American Sniper or something mm -hmm. like that. You're like, that's a badass war movie. That is propaganda for the military, 100%. Oh, yeah. That is basically like, hey, you leave that movie theater, like, I'm going to go enlist in our military. Like, even though they went through some shit, but it's like at the same time, it's showing you, like, how badass, like, you see those, and then you're like, all right, our troops are badass, man. I mean, I see cops, a lot of kids our age, you know, take for granted 
just law enforcement in general, like when it comes to, you see a cop, you're like, oh, look at that pig. Oh, he's doing his job. What? You're doing something illegal and he catches you in the crime of it? Yeah, yeah there's some of them that take it to the extent, like, dude, I was going f- f- like two miles over the speed limit. Do you really need to pull me over? It's their job. And, you know, some of them, you know, give you a little bit leniency on it. And I appreciate that. But at the same time, I'm not going to argue and be a dick just because, no. you know, I'm pissed off about something. Usually I'm pissed off about something else. And it's like, I don't need to put my anger out on you. Yeah. So the the worst thing you've ever hunted, you didn't really give I mean, me something. There's there's really not any predators here. That Is there anything that you would be afraid to hunt? Like if you had to choose Bigfoot? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't say Bigfoot's not real. I am a firm believer of Bigfoot, even though he's probably not. I'd like to oh, think he's out there. Bigfoot's real. He's out there. Uh, he's out there somewhere. Um, either, probably either a lion or a grizzly bear. Yeah. You gotta think those are the two top of the chain predators. I mean. And they're. They're two separate. So they're so far apart too, man. You picked like two animals that are like completely different in every single way. You got the big ass bear. You got a big bear, but you gotta think. I mean, he's fifteen hundred some pounds, you know, and they can run thirty miles an hour on all four. I mean, coming at you. I mean, he's fast too, and he's big. I mean, his his. But his a lion's balls, light, small. I mean, light, you don't small, hear them. You're not suckers, gonna hear man. them. I mean, a bear. You see, they stand up like people. Oh, you see him stand up. You can hear him. I mean... Did you see that? Um, you watch Meat Eater with mm-hmm. Stephen Ranella, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, half of that show, it's, it's interesting because they have interesting people on there, especially somebody I like, Joe Rogan and all that. But, you know, like I said, I was watching like five episodes at like three in the morning trying to get ready to ask oh, you some yeah. like good questions. I was trying to think, what can I ask a hunter? And, you know, it, he didn't... They didn't catch anything for like the first couple of episodes. And I'm sitting there and they're, they started talking about it. Like, you don't catch everything... Every single time, it's it's hard to make a show interesting when you don't get anything, and I understand that too. But you know, it's it's that physical aspect. You're out there hanging out with your friends too, man. You're you're out there enjoying yeah. it. You're not you're making memories too. Yep. This is something you're going to be sitting by a fire that I can't believe our fire department is building on their days off from fighting these things. Hey. But it's you're creating stories like memories yep. you're going to be able to share beer over, man. Yeah, I mean. 20 years down the road, you know, you're out there with your buddies having a beer. Oh, remember that hunt we had, you know, 20 years ago? It was a great hunt and this and that, you know. They had a great story of uh, the one dude was hunting a bear and his um, he took a video of it. He got too close to the bear. It, I don't know if it was Stephen Ranella or Cameron something. Another popular hunter that's friends with them. But um, he, he had a his gun in the video looked like it was like out of ammo like you know when it's kind of popped out a little bit the bullets that he had that were in the magazine didn't fit in the barrel of the gun so he had to physically load in the bullets and he didn't know it at the time so this bear starts charging at him a big like grizzly bear or brown bear yeah and um i don't know the whole logistics apparently if a bear's a certain whatever awake during certain type of hibernation time is it's a, it's a different style of bear or something but he started charging at him because he was she was too close to his cubs mm-hmm. so this bear's charging at him and thank god it turned off and went away at like you know last minute but it's like his gun didn't even work and he didn't know it was jammed it wouldn't have fired it wouldn't have done anything he would have to after he shot he would have had to physically reload the bullet out of the mag and then put it into the top mm-hmm. and then close it that way he didn't even know 
he didn't find out until later. And he was like, you got this video, and then now telling people about this, everyone's like, why would you ever go hunting again? It's not going to deter you. I mean, no. you get in a car accident, are you going to stop driving? Some people might, but... No, I mean... It's it's it, it, anything really can happen anywhere. Yeah, I mean you shouldn't. Let but you picked a bear and a lion, dude. A bear and a lion. That's two different environments. That's yep. two completely different animals' hunting styles. And they're two animals that are far away from me. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, out here. I mean, what's the most common thing you probably shoot besides deer is a duck, right? Yeah, deer, duck, and geese. That's about it. And going out into a duck blind and just going out there that's got to be the funnest one you don't have to move a whole lot when you're tracking a deer it's like you gotta you deer hunt and you gotta be real quiet and still the birds gotta kind of come to you yeah i mean that's just because i mean the fact waiting. i mean you're putting your decoys out and you're just sitting there and waiting i mean you can't you can't track and hunt a duck i mean no. you're not following that thing through the woods that thing just flies off and it's gone it's miles away by the time yeah. you're even 10 steps down the road it's like yeah, it's... but with a deer it's a little bit different because it's got legs it can run out of energy i mean ducks have energy and all that too but at the same yeah. time if flight is a major major advantage major advantage yeah hiding in a duck blind's got to be fun man you just get to sit in that cozy thing with a shotgun yeah, I won't say cozy, huh? Dude, I was in one that was pretty comfortable, had a heater in there. I was pretty Yeah, stoked. that's that's the deluxe one. Most of the time you're sitting there, it's, you know, you're sitting there, wind blowing right in your face, freezing cold, snowing. Walking through muck, too. Muck, ice, all this stuff. I mean, Gotta I've, put in those waders. I've been in the waders, and I, it's, I've been on some cold hunts, standing in the water, you know, waist deep, and you get done, take your waders off, and they're still standing straight up because they're so frozen, so cold. It, <laughs> It's, it's, but you still do it anyway, man. Oh yeah, it don't bother me. I enjoy it. I mean, it can be. Oh, dude. I mean, I last year I was just hunting. Wind was going about probably twenty, thirty miles an hour, and it was cold. I mean, it was probably like a negative five with a wind chill. I was out there hunting. Negative five with wind chill, and you were out there hunting. Yeah, freezing your ass off. Hey, that's why you layer up. <laughs> that's five pairs of socks, ten pairs of underwear, and three jackets, man. Nah, that's that's where a lot of people mess up. I mean. You think you gotta put on 15, 20 different layers, but then you're sweat, and then when you sweat, that's when you get cold. Oh yeah, but you gotta think though. You gotta. It's a, that would be understandable if you're hunting like deer, but you're sitting in a box, man. You're not moving around a whole lot, so how are you gonna get warm? You're kind of just just sit there and deal with it. Because I know when I go to the gym and I'm I'm working out, like I'll, I'll heading there, especially in this like time and days, dude, it is cold as hell. But I'm wearing like joggers and I'm wearing like a shirt. And I'm just, I run out to my car, get in the heat, you know, drive there. I'm like, oh my God, I'm freezing, I'm freezing, I'm freezing. And then once I get there and I start working out, I leave the gym like, oh, start taking layers off. Yeah, like, it's, yep. Stripping before I even get in the oh, house. Oh, yeah, that so happens. I'm like, put yeah. a jacket in your car. I'm like, no. Yeah, that happens to me. You know, I go to the gym, you know, shorts, t-shirt, middle of winter. You know, you work out and you come outside, it'd be cold or windy, and you, you know, you're just so hot and you just start steaming because you've been sweating and you're just hot. Take your shirt off and just end up sitting in the wind. Ah, yeah. uh, it's three degrees outside, it's snowing, but I don't care. Oh, yeah. It's comfortable. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think of something else to ask you on hunting here. What would you educate me on if I was willing to go out and hunt? What was the first thing you would take me into the process of doing besides getting my license? Uh, get your license. Teaching then, me the equipment that go I'm going through, out there with you. You know, pick out the equipment you need, you know, make sure it fits right and it's comfortable. And then go out to the range and get you comfortable shooting whatever gun you're going to go hunting with. 
Are you more comfortable hunting with family than hunting with friends? Yeah, I mean, it don't bother me. I mean, I'll hunt with friends, family, whatever. You don't ever get the fear that, you know, something might snap. You know, you hear about, like, the ending American sniper, that dude went to a gun range and shot his... Nope. I'm not worried about any of that. That's good. I mean, that's also, like, the worst possible case scenario, something like that can happen. That would just always be on my mind to just... I'm not comfortable around guns, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, some people aren't. Some people get really uncomfortable around them. I mean, I, I respect somebody that, like, owns one. I wouldn't take yours away, but, like, I feel like if I'm if I'm around somewhere with guns and you're, you know, walk around the house, like, uh, don't get me wrong, I had one buddy that would walk around the house with his gun unloaded, you know, probably wasn't even set up to fire, probably was missing a couple pieces because he disassembles his and does all that, cleans it, you know? Yeah. It's it, just the fact that, like, having a gun pointed at you, whether it's fake, whether it's real, it's a big scare, man. Yeah, Especially when they're walking around the house. They might not be pointing it at you. Might, they just might, here, hold this up and take a picture. It's still like, all right, look, man, you know, it's all, it's, yeah, it's mean, something that get, hits in the back of your head. Like, I'm a little bit nervous to be around you just because of the fact. Oh, like, yeah. Um, I mean, you just, you just got to treat every gun as in if it was real whether it's a toy gun or not i mean you gotta treat it as if it's real and if it's loaded that's the first thing especially when you're hunting with someone or you're shooting clays mm-hmm. i've shot a crap ton of clays i love that dude that's oh, fun yeah. especially i was always the best at chucking them dude i get that little thing and throw it like a oh, frisbee yeah. but uh just shooting them like i'm i'm pretty pretty dead on accurate for someone that doesn't really like you know using guns that much mm-hmm. but i mean i'm billy the kid bro yeah the kid, I would rock in the old west. What's the why is it easier for me to be able to shoot somebody than shoot an animal? I'm not saying I want to go out in the street and shoot anybody, but I feel oh, like oh no, I understand what you're trying to say. I mean, it's it seems like it's a little bit more easier to shoot somebody like another person than it is to because you can have a problem with the person, you can have a fight, you can have a disagreement, you can have anger towards them. But it's it's the same factor when you're watching a movie and you see a dog die. Yeah. You're more upset about the dog dying than the person. Yeah, I mean, it's you get attached to animals, humans. Yeah, you might get attached, you know, to like a, you know your girlfriend, boyfriend, or something like that. But you know, someone really pisses you off, and you know, you have a fight and an argument, and you have all that anger. I mean, now when I think of killing somebody, I was talking about like old west style, not like I'm gonna go and snap on my girlfriend because she didn't oh, cook the dinner right. No, That'd be terrible. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm not that bad of a guy. Oh, no, I know that, but I'm, I'm just saying it's just, you know, there's there's a lot of factors that go into why it's easier to do something like that. And that is what really kind of sucks about hunting and all just gun control in general. A lot of people look at the bad stuff in the news and don't even pay attention to the benefits that it's mm-hmm. it's something that, you know, it, it, it can be a blessing and a curse. Yeah, I mean, not just because it provides for people's families but look a lot of people like guns it's a big revenue one thing i really do want to ask you actually is you ever had an um a lot of people call it an epiphany i call it a transcendental moment where it's like a moment usually it's it's like with a sunset or something you ever had a moment on a hunt where you're like you don't you don't even have to shoot anything or it could be it could be something you shot but just something where you're like this is what life's about I'm loving life right now. Just an enjoyment and overall happiness every, with everything that's That happens clicked. every morning when I'm hunting. Every time I go hunt every morning, you're sitting there, like in the goose blind and stuff, you know, you're, or duck blind, you're just sitting there and you just watch the sunrise. You know, you're like, I'm just glad to be out here and Mother Nature and enjoying all God's creations. You know, it's you're just 
you're at peace. You know, it's it's nice. It's definitely. I feel like um, even sometimes I'll take a nice little coffee and sit out on the back porch and just everything's quiet. It's so early in the morning and just hearing the trees sway mm -hmm. and hearing just the the crickets chirp or just the birds, yep. anything. It's just that wind rustling. It's mm -hmm. it's beautiful, dude. It's, yep, it's just, it's just relaxing. I'm definitely a big nature guy, especially when it comes to camping. Man, I, I love camping. That's oh, yeah. have you ever would you ever want to take a trip somewhere like Yellowstone, like with a couple of friends? Oh or yeah, I love camping. Don't even not even not even just the aspect of camping, but going on a hunting trip, like packing up all this gear. Would oh, you ever yeah. want to go do that? Oh yeah. We should definitely. plan a trip, dude. We should go to like the Rocky Mountains or something. Or somewhere we can actually go game hunt or not game hunting, but actually hunt for something and we should just go out there. Yeah, I mean it's just the fun, it's the journey, it's the memories. Is there a split, like an exact memory? I know you say every morning, but is there an exact memory that you can remember? It could be recently, it can be way, way, way in the past. It could be something where you're like, it just all clicked. Like it, it was like, damn, like I'm ready to wake up the next day. You could be having a rough month and it was just like, this is what I want. Like this is, this is the beauty in life. I see it now. Because um. it's hard. A lot of people have those moments. And they don't really recognize it when it happens. Mine can be something stupid, me just sitting in my house and seeing, you know, like the orange sunset glow and something through the window or something, something that yeah, just clicks. Yeah, I mean, it's little things. I mean, it's usually the little things that mean the most. Yeah, it's got to be good for you just because are you, since you're a hunt, you know, early in the morning, that's it's probably the best time. Mm -hmm. Nobody's up. There's no assholes on the road yet. Nope, it's nice. You it, know, I'm up four four thirty in the morning you know? I, I always get i always get like my buddies are always asking me like why are you up so early in the morning i get up early in the morning because nobody's up it's peaceful like, i mean uh, yeah there ain't shit to do at three in the morning no, but no. at the same time it's like i can do what i want to do no, i can enjoy what i want to enjoy and you know i don't mind going to bed early just because i can get up early and oh, enjoy yeah. everything oh yeah I mean, it's nice, you know, get up early to go hunting, and, I mean, I got to drive, and you're on the road, and there's nobody else on the road. I mean, you just take your time, and... You don't have to rush. You don't nope, have to sit in line at a gas pump. Nope, you ain't got to wait on nobody. You know, nobody's... There's something cool about waking up before the sun's up. You oh, feel yeah. like you, you feel like you're beating, you're beating the world a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're like, man, the sun ain't up, I'm up, it's going to be a good day, I can get a lot done... And the next scene, you slack off or do something for like the next couple hours. What did I do all day? Oh, yeah, I watched TV and sat on my ass. Oh, yeah, I got up at 6 o'clock, did something like 7, and I fell asleep to like 12. Oh, oh. Well, yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, and then you sleep and repeat. <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, I'm, I'm an early riser, and, you know, some people complain about that just because, like, why are you sending me Snapchat so early in the morning? It's oh, like, yeah. sorry, I have trouble sleeping yeah i mean that's me i mean i'm up early every morning i mean i don't have to be to work to snow hill at a 7 30 but i'm up you I, gotta grab life man you I can't mean, just, I'm up you like can't just 5 30 in the morning i mean I, I, there's so many people that just stay in the bed and they sleep till like 6 p.m and then they're up all night it's like 
that's cool too for you. I mean, if you enjoy that, but you can't be spending your whole life inside too, man. If no, you go no. out and catch the world, you, you gotta know, go out and enjoy your life. I mean, you gotta go out and do what you want. Best memories and dreams I've ever had were from moments in my life where I was waking up doing jet skis at 6 a.m. in the morning, like right when the sun was coming up, right till when the sun would go down, and watching those sunrises and sunsets from oh, Assateague, yeah. the orange and glow. Uh, I'm just so obsessed with nature in that aspect. It's where I, I love bonfires. I love that type of thing. Just hearing the crackling of the logs. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... And I mean, you the fact that you still enjoy camping and love doing that, even with being a firefighter, it, just the dangers that you know about fire, that's oh, pretty yeah. cool, I mean, too. It's, it's nice, but it's it's hard to find time to do stuff like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, a lot on, a lot on the plate. Especially from going from when you're a kid and like everything's a little bit more accessible. Like, I mean, you don't have a vehicle yet, but you always have your weekends to go. You know, if you want, you don't, you don't have big plans. You don't have other stuff to do. But then once you get older, you got a job. You know, you got a, you got a yeah. volunteer stuff. You got, you know, friends that still want to hang out with you that you don't get to really see anymore because of the fact that you're just so busy with work. Oh I yeah, mean, I mean, when you're off, they're working, yep. and then. I mean, it's not like, you know, back in high school, you know, everyone goes to school Monday through Friday and the weekends. You and know, then you have the weekends, anything, yeah. You, know, you do whatever you want. Now it's, you know, I work eight hours a day Monday through Friday. And I come home, do yard work, stuff around the house, go, you know, bait up deer stands, do stuff. Then, you, go, you know, I'm hunting, and all you I'm do hunting is, Saturday. You know, I get up early, hunt Saturday. And then and all you want to do is sit down for two minutes and play Xbox. And as soon as you sit down and get in the game lobby with your friends, next thing you know, you got a fire call. You got to go yep. out to. You got, sorry, guys, I got to go. It's a lot. It's a lot to balance, a lot to. I commend you attention. for it, bro, because that's something, like I said, a lot of people like me wouldn't be able to do. If I just get home and I had a long ass day, and I just hit the bed, and you know something mm-hmm. rings off on my phone. I'm I mean, like, ah. there's been times you know we get toned out, you know, one two o'clock in the morning. And, I mean, I'm out to four four thirty five o'clock. You know, I come home, shower, and I'm turning right around going to work for eight hours. Do you ever feel bad about missing a call? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, it all depends on the call. It happens, dude. I mean, it's not like you have to make it first. You know, when you're one, first but... in there, you know, you you don't want to miss any calls. But then, you know, I've been in there, you know, since I was fourteen, so. You know, like seven years, you know, you just come to understand it. Look, I'm not going to make every call. I'm mean, just make as many as I can. You know, you don't need, there's no need to beat yourself up. Well, you're not Superman, right? man. No. A lot of people don't understand that. No. <laughs> that, that, that was terrible. You're not Superman, man. But, you know, you're not, you're not yeah. going to make every single call. It's no, not going to happen. You're not. I mean, it's just, you got to understand it. And a lot of people have a false, like, like we were talking about earlier, where people expect a lot from you. That you can't mm-hmm. do everything. You don't have eight different hands. You're not eight different people. You're not, you know, you're not, mm-hmm. you're, you're not, you're not Superman. No, but we, we law enforcement we, we, we isn't try. either. You're mm-hmm. not perfect. You're not, you're not anything near the sort. Nobody in this world is perfect. I mean, we but try. you try your best, and that's all we can yep. ask from you, and that's all we can appreciate you yep. for. I mean, we just try, try all we can. I know the main reason I've been trying to get people on this podcast that I find interesting and have. I started realizing everyone's got a story, man. I say it on every single podcast. Oh, yeah. Everyone has a story, and and different people have different sides to the same story. People are probably hearing it because they're they're probably sick of me saying it, but everyone's got a story to tell, even no matter what age you're at, whether you're 20, whether you're 80, whether you're 100. Everyone's got something that shaped them in some type of way. You've grown... You're the same age as me, and you know we're both in our twenties, and it's like you're completely different from how I am. 
you know, yeah. just how you were raised. I'm raised, you know, right now I'm wearing a beanie, wearing a Saints jersey, you know, even though I'm not really a Saints fan. But, you know, I'm like the more, like, chilled out kind of vibe. And yeah. you're, you're wearing, you know, your tan pants and you're wearing your fire jacket and you're wearing, you know, the, the classic redneck style I would see. I hope that doesn't offend no. you. But it's like, you know, everyone looks at you and says, he's probably puts a good dip in. And then, you know, they yeah. look at me and like, that kid probably smokes a bunch of crack. No, not crack, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, know. I understand what you're saying. I mean, everyone has their own personality and their own style. And that's, 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 that's the what good I think part. is a beautiful thing about it's, people. It's no matter, it's, even if your personality is a bit like, you know, jerkish or asshole-ish, it's at the same time, you got to think like, that's just how that person grew up in life. You don't have to be that way. And a lot of people don't understand that, especially when it comes to um, just being—I mean, being a good person, man. It doesn't take much. No, it, it takes more muscles to frown than smile. Yep. And that's something. It's—it's it's a good note, really, to focus on. And I appreciate you doing the podcast, man. I really do. I yeah, mean, no problem. especially two days away for Christmas, bro. Yeah. And I know you—you you told me I was like I was expecting you earlier, yeah. like an hour before, and then. You were like, oh, sorry, man, I was doing last-minute Christmas shopping. How big of a fear is that for you right now? Because uh, I spent like, $200 this morning. Let me tell you something. I'm a little bit, you know, yeah. hurting in the well, bank I account see. department. Well, I'm hurting pretty good because between my girlfriend, my mom, my dad, my brother, and everyone else, you know, I've I probably spent $1,000. Did you treat yourself to anything? I much rather treat everyone else. I mean, I'm not, That's how I am, I'm, too, I'm man. I'm not worried about... Dude, I tried to buy a $5 game, and I don't really play games that much oh, anymore. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I saw something else that was a little bit more money, and mm -hmm. I was like, ah, somebody could, you know, yeah, could I have mean, this for Christmas. Just seeing that face. And I didn't ask for anything either, man. I mean, I didn't ask for nothing for Christmas. You know, I'm like, look, I'm not worried about anything. If y'all are going to get me anything, just get me gift cards or something like that. Like, something cheap. Like, I'm not worried about it. I don't need no clothes. You know? My family doesn't believe me, but I have a shoebox in my room still filled with every single Christmas card and birthday card I get because my birthday is only a week from Christmas so yeah. it's like you know it's it I have them all and I have one from my great-grandfather that is it says inside the card like a giant saying like you know he wrote everything out and circled the words that were important to him and he's the one guy that understood when I say don't put the money in the card don't put the money in the card because I as soon as you open it up and it flies out then you look like a jerk like you're only opening you, up the card to get the, the money, money and then you yeah. don't even read it yeah no yeah no I, I put the money to the side and I read yeah, the words yeah. and I look I'm like you didn't circle this one like you know, I, I see you underline this one once and underline this one twice. They notice that, man. And they mm -hmm. don't know if they're doing it for your, like, just to, to, yeah. for, for them. Or they don't know if you're doing it because you actually care. And it's like, no, I have a shoebox. My great-grandfather's not around anymore. I have a shoebox that has, not him in it, but um has the, has his card in there. And it's like having him in there. Yeah. It is like, you know, I, I can, I, I can read piece. it and I can hear yeah. his voice oh, in my yeah. head. And just knowing, like the compliments he was giving me like you're an amazing you know great grandson oh, you know yeah. they don't make a card for your great 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 grandson they don't make anything no. for like that but no. No, no it's just it's wonderful to read something like that and know that you know, there was someone in your life that you know is not here anymore but they left the part of you know they left the world knowing you know a, a good side of you yeah and i mean that's why i aspire to be you know nice every time i go out and try and be as friendly as possible to people because i would like you know, if they're, we're not here forever. They're not here forever. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, 
even if you run into them once in your life, you don't know if you can run into them again. You don't know if, you know, maybe that person knows somebody in your family. I, you don't know how many times I've been out in public, been really nice to somebody, even though I have had a completely different thought about them. And next thing I know, they're, they're walking into my house. Like, yeah. holy crap, small world. It's like, oh, you know my mom. Oh, you know my dad. Oh, you know my brother. It's like, oh, thank God I wasn't a jerk to you, even though you yep. upset me and yelled at me. It's like... They feel bad sometimes if they yell at you, and the next thing you know, you're meeting them like 10 minutes later. Like, oh, you're, you know, imagine you meet your girlfriend's um, dad outside of before you met your girlfriend, and you're at a grocery store, you guys get into an argument or a fight, and the next thing you know, you're going over to your girlfriend's house to meet her parents, and it's the guy from the grocery store that took the last chicken. Yeah, I mean, you just, you just never know. I mean, it's a small world. You're going to run into people. It's the best people thing know people. to treat somebody. You know, yeah. that's what it's. It's the best thing to treat somebody the way you want to be treated. It don't yeah. treat them, you know, bad because it doesn't feel good, first of all. And I mean, what's like I said, it takes more muscles to frown than smile. Yes, it does. Yeah. And I, like I said, man, I appreciate you, especially doing the podcast, agreeing to it, especially since I asked you yesterday. You were like, yeah, dude, I'm down for sure. What time you want me there? 10 a.m.? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Great. I'm an early riser, too. I'll be up brewing a coffee at four in the morning. But I appreciate you, especially doing it two days right before Christmas, man. And um, I I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. And don't forget, I'm going to be messaging you, wishing you a Merry Christmas, and also messaging you about some deer meat. Oh, yeah. Well, once I get get some, man, I will. You're going to be bringing me mounds of it. I mean, I will come over to your house with buckets and buckets, and we will just pile. I will go find deer and just get, like, we will go. Like, I'll drive you anywhere you want to go to get this deer meat. Yeah, sounds like a plan. All right, brother. Thanks for being on the podcast. No problem. Thank you for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank. Stay tuned for more episodes and a big shout out and thank you for all the men and women who serve to protect us every day, whether it's fire department, law enforcement, or our local military.